What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Philippe Tomas, the solo dev working on a title known as Into a Dream. Philippe, thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity. I'm really excited about, about this, this talk that we're, we're about to have. <laughs> That's awesome. I am as well. So before we get into the game, though, let's talk a little bit about you. I'm always impressed to hear someone as a solo dev on a project just because of how much goes into a game and really the different hats you have to play. How did you get into game development in the first place? And why did you decide to take on this project by yourself? Okay, so first of all, um, it, it was a little bit of an impulsive decision to be to be honest. Um, so I was not working in gotcha. this in this um, field at all. I was a biotech engineer first. Uh, I worked as a biotech engineer for about five years. And then I decided to quit my job just because it was not what I wanted to do, not the path that I wanted to take. Um, and so when I was searching for a different, a different career path, I downloaded Unity and I started messing with it a little bit. And it has always been a a passion of mine to do to do a video game since I you know I love storytelling I've been playing video games since a very young age um, so you know the bug uh, the storytelling bug or the video game making bug so to speak uh, caught me uh, quite strongly when I started doing it as a hobby and so I decided since I had fortunately some kind of a safety net financially I decided that you know this was the time for me to to take a risk and do something that I believed that I was really passionate about um, and, you know, see where it where it would lead me. And so, I mean, it was not, nothing planned. You know, I was unemployed looking for a, a new job when I just decided out of the blue kind of to to, to go ahead and, and, and start this project. Wow, that's super interesting. Was this, and you kind of mentioned it, but was this something that you had this idea and you had a job and you left it because you were just like, I need to make this video game or was this something where you were already in that predicament where you had taken a, a step away from your current job and said, you know what, let's try something new. And video games was the thing you wanted to try. I actually believe that, um, I all, okay. So <laughs> from the start, so I, I didn't, uh, know that I was going to do a video game when I quit my job. So the reason why I quit uh, what I was doing was because I really came to the conclusion that engineering was not, something that I would see myself uh, doing, especially for, you know, eight hours a day for five days a week at a minimum. Right. Uh, so I did not have the intention of doing a video game at that time. I actually started searching uh, for different career paths, for different jobs. Um, but I think that to a certain level, I think I always knew that I wanted to go to to. Uh, to more of a storytelling uh, kind of job. I always, I always was passionate about storytelling, whether it was, you know, um, music or telling a story through, through music or through uh, a novel or through, you know, a lot of different other, other, other things. But I don't think that I allowed myself to quit my job to go pursue that. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. something related to the society in which we, we live or the education that I had. I have no idea. Um, mm -hmm. but I mean, in the end, I had that passion since a very young age and this was clearly what I wanted to do. And I just needed a moment where I was a little bit uncertain of, of my life to just take the risk. And that's what basically what happened. 
Gotcha. That's uh, really cool, actually, because you don't hear that a lot of times. Many people have that reserve just because of the the uncertainty of of taking that that leap from what they were doing, even if they're not happy with it. But I'm glad that you did take that leap because it seems to be paying off, or at least I hope it does when the game fully releases. But just out of curiosity, then, it sounds to me like you were working on this full time. About how long has this uh, you know, into a dream been in the works. How long has this process been so far? It has only been for one year and a half. So I, I started working on it on February of last year, the end of February of 2019. Well, okay. So that's actually a pretty quick turnaround when you think of how long certain games are in the indie game space. Oh, c- completely. I, I think it was also because of this uncertainty thing. So I, I decided to underscope my game a lot to try and understand mm-hmm. what my strengths and weaknesses were. Uh, and try to do something a little bit more compact, so to speak, and that I could do in, you know, between one and two years, also because of my financial safety net, because eventually I would run out of money and I would need, you know, different strategies, uh, whether it is funding or looking for a different job and doing it part-time, etc. So it mm-hmm. was deliberate from the start that it was going to be a one to two year project. Gotcha. Yep, that is always a concern. But let's talk about the game itself now. Into a Dream's concept is definitely something that's super intriguing to me, and it it hooked me in really quickly. For those listeners who don't know anything about it, though, how would you describe the game? Okay, so Into a Dream is um, a game, a story-driven game, where you as the player uh, will delve into the dreams of a man that is suffering from depression. Uh, And you will understand that your goal there is to find this man, to talk to him, to try and unveil his story. Uh, and by his story, I mean what happened to him that led him to that mm-hmm. dark state of mind. And then eventually to try and not exactly treat him or save him, but uh, lend a helping hand in not uh, letting him fall towards you know, complete darkness. And on the, on, the, on the contrary, try and lift him up to start treatment. Gotcha. And as you mentioned, you're playing as a person inside someone else's dream, which is such a cool idea to me, at least. I love that it touches upon a very creative way to try and help someone with these internal struggles that you normally would never get to see. But along the notions of inspiration for the game, why did you feel you needed to create a game like this centered around depression? Well, um, First of all, I, I never thought of the game as being centered around depression, at least when I conceived it. Uh, I think that I I always thought of this game and what I want to do in general, I think in whatever creative medium I end up doing stuff, is about a story. So I I am and always have been incredibly fascinated by people, by how they emote, why they experience what they experience, why do they reason the way they do. And the fact is that everybody is different and that fascinates me a lot. And so I always want to try and convey a story and as and whatever story, if it's meant to be, you know, real and grounded and in reality and humane, it's always going to tackle on some, you know, deep uh, issues or or some problems or emotions. And in mm-hmm. this case, it happens to be that this actual man uh, suffers from depression. So I don't think that uh, it, it was the main thing that I wanted to to, to tackle the depression, but. Mm-hmm why did the depression or mental health came to mind? And the reason is that, I mean, if you just look around, uh, stop a little bit and look around to, you know, the world around us, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that a lot of us is are unwell. 
you know, anxiety and stress has been, you know, completely, I mean, skyrocketing. Well, probably it has always been, but we have been solving some issues. So now we can see the stress and the anxiety in people. And it's something that's around it. It's, it's something that, around, that, that is around us uh, every single day. And so as such, I think it's a very current topic. It's a very important topic because it's, it's still seen a little bit as a taboo in a way, or some other people just think that those who suffer from it are in a way weak or, you know, you know what, I, what, what I'm trying to mean. And so I wanted to try and right. bring some awareness to it, uh, not only through something that exists, but to show that there is a narrative to to these problems, that it's not just some one event that leads to it. It's a sequence of events. It's, uh, yeah, it's basically it. So, so sorry for the long answer. No, no, that's, that's totally fine. And I think it makes sense. This is something that needs to be talked about. And I think especially when you're considering what's happening right now to the world, you know, COVID-19 is something that is obviously devastating people, not only the people who get sick, but the people who are trying to social distance and stay away from people. And it's causing a lot of social and high tensions, social issues, because it's just, it's a different world right now. And I think that is a big part that could play into this, but also just in general, this has always been something that has been underrepresented as a topic because like you mentioned, there are those folks who think that, oh, if you're depressed, it's not an actual disorder, which isn't the case, but you know, everyone has their differing opinions on how these things should be treated because it is a fairly new subject that is coming up into the world. That's a segue into one of my next questions, because this is such a big, important topic. It's such a delicate subject, right? Depression Mm -hmm. or other disorders, it's important that you're being as true to the real thing as possible. So kind of what, what precautions did you take or what things did you consider? Were there any people around you who had this or, or have you ever personally had this experience? You know, what type of steps did you take to make sure that it's both in a respectful way and also as accurate as possible? Mm-hmm. So, uh, first of all, um, I did not experience uh, depression or at least something uh, to the extent as what is portrayed in the game. I have, okay. however, um, met uh, many people that have suffered from, from depression, uh, severe and otherwise. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them who were close, some of them who were not that close. But, you know, in the end, some of these people are were people that I talked a lot through the process and about that, that specific topic. And that's gotcha. also one of the reasons why I uh, did this game. And you don't play as the person who is suffering from depression, but you play mm-hmm. as a third person. You know, this game, I think it's more aimed as the society in general than to something that is therapeutical in a way or that, you know, may help people that are actually suffering from depression to resonate with the player. Uh, it's more towards, you know, the, the, the third person, the, the observer. Um, I also talked with some uh, psychologists about the, the matter. Uh, it was not oh. extremely extensive, but as you said, I didn't want this to do exactly the opposite of what I intended. So even mm-hmm. though this is not a game that is therapeutical or that it, it's, it's, it's not designed for people who, with depression who play it to become better, but I, I didn't want that if some person with depression played it actually ended up worse. So I at least tried to make sure that while talking to psychologists that that wouldn't happen. 
right. and I actually had a talk with a with a psychiatrist not a few a few days ago actually that he played the game. I asked him to to play the game, mm-hmm. and I was happy to know that he considered this to be a a good game of mental health because it portrays it at least to what he believes um, in a in a good way. So uh, I hope that every other person may 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 feel the same. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's super important. I really love to hear, especially when these kind of topics come up, because one, I love seeing this in the game space because I think it is a very important way to showcase these because games are becoming such a bigger media uh, medium. And two, if they are, I feel like you would want them to be as close, not to to really be as close to someone having it, but to at least give the right facts or at least give the right kind of representation for this so that people aren't seeing this in a different light than you would want it to be if, say, someone had it or someone who works in the industry knows about it to mm-hmm. see it differently. Yeah. Um, but let's let's change the subject. Let's talk a little bit about gameplay. Now, in the trailer, there seem to be a variety of actions that your character is doing so from platforming to puzzles there's a number of environments you're also in what are some of the main mechanics or abilities that a player will have in this game okay so first of all the player will have dialogues and inside those dialogues you can make choices and Mm -hmm. although these choices do not change the actual ending of the game for a variety of reasons and this was a deliberate decision but they may change the quantity or quality of information that you get about a certain uh, subject. Gotcha. So that's number one. Uh, then you, of course, have a little bit of platforming. Uh, I think that um, maybe, I also say that this probably was a mistake from my from my behalf because uh, I was experimenting a little um, because it doesn't exactly fit much into the, the overall style. But anyway, there, there's a little bit of platforming. So you have gotcha. ropes, you have you know boxes that you can move around, uh, but then you have a variety of other things. You have you have puzzles, and those puzzles in those puzzles you have to pick up and throw objects or place objects in different places. You even have at a certain uh, period, uh, a certain time, to kind of control music in also in order to change the dialogues that are happening in a certain scene. So although the puzzles are just a tiny fraction of the game they are actually quite varied throughout throughout the whole the whole narrative gotcha. um, and yeah man well i could say more but then i would be spoiling a little bit right right yeah but, <laughs> but, but, but yeah what i can say is that it, it's it's actually quite quite varied uh, it's not again it's not by far the most important thing of the game the mm-hmm. narr- narr- the narrative is its core uh, but the puzzles are there in order to bring some interactiveness and also to move the the narrative forward that's awesome. Uh, one of my questions was actually about this dialogue. I wanted to know a little bit more about the different choices that you can make. So you kind of already touched upon that, but mm-hmm. can you elaborate a little bit more about those different choices? What What is that additional information that you can get out of this game, depending on how you're asking or what choices you make? Well, it's, it's, it's basically about... Um, I think that the most that you get is about the characters themselves. So... Mm-hmm. I think that the character design uh, was actually a very important factor in this game. So I tried to portray these characters as they were real people, all of them. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to make you know a hero and or an anti-hero or a villain or someone who is there just to aid you in a certain puzzle. Uh, right. They are all 
concrete uh, and I hope complex and real people. And depending on the choices that you make, you are going to understand some traits of these characters, how their relationship with other characters has evolved or has been in the past. And this can help you understand uh, more, uh, sorry, better or worse, how some things evolved or why did that person make that decision there and why did the other character ended up doing this. Uh, so it's a little bit more uh, in, that, in that direction. So you get to know different traits of the characters depending on the choices that you make. Gotcha. That makes sense. One aspect I really enjoyed about this game is definitely the art style. So it, it has a very dark and shadowy look throughout many areas, and you can also really never see the faces of a lot of these characters, almost like it's in that more dream world where things are kind of vague. What was the inspiration for this style? Well, to be honest, the inspiration... Um, so it was a, a combination of factors. So Actually, the, the first thing that I decided on myself is that I did not have any kind of design or animation background or experience at all. Mm. And so I wanted to have something that was simple. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, yeah. And, and so I started looking for, you know, tutorials and a lot of other stuff online, something that mm -hmm. would fit the style and that I would be able to, to do in order not to overscope the project. And I actually found this uh, YouTube tutorial uh, that actually showed how to do a monochromatic background where the foreground was black and then it would brighten up towards the, the background. And it was interesting because as soon as I saw that, I had that vision inside me that, oh, this fits the narrative of Into a Dream extremely well. Mm -hmm. uh, of mm -hmm. course, then I, I, it's weird because a lot of people associate my heart style with Limbo, which is right. remarkably close. But I actually saw Limbo afterwards. Uh, and I played okay. through Limbo after that, and I actually incorporated some of its lighting techniques specifically to Into a Dream because I saw, oh, they have exactly the same art style, or I mean, at least a black and white version of it. Right. And they use a lot of uh, excellent lighting techniques that make the scene pop out a lot more. And then I drew inspiration from it in order to enhance what I had previously done in Into a Dream. Right. It seems like you do that, but almost with more color in the background, because there are those undertones of the various colors. It, it has that dark outline mm -hmm. of the world around it, but then there's a lot of areas or environments that still pop at the same time because mm -hmm. of those quite vibrant colors in the background. So I do really enjoy that. Thanks. Um, no problem. Just out of curiosity, with this being a story-based game, and because there's so many different environments and, and unique worlds to explore, is this something that's going to be more of a linear-based game where you're only going from point A to point Z, or is there going to be room for exploration, secrets, things to find inside the world around you? There are a few. Uh, I mean, there is room for exploration. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, I mean, I, I allow you to do the game completely linearly. So if you don't want to explore, you can you can not explore. But if you do explore, I'm also going to reward the player with some objects or facts about the story. So once again, although you don't need it to understand the core or the main story, so to speak, there's a lot that is around that story or secondary stories or more about the characters themselves that you will understand only by exploring. Gotcha. That makes sense. So if you're really into it, there's more for you. Yeah, there Sounds is. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, I actually aid that with the Steam achievements. So basically all the Steam achievements that I have are places that you don't necessarily need to, to go to to complete the game. 
so you'll know that there's stuff to to explore in the end. Oh, that's awesome. Gotta gotta give them a reason, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so now that you're at that point where it, this game is about to release, so for those <laughs> listening specifically on the day that this goes live, it'll be releasing tomorrow, <laughs> which is, I'm sure, super exciting. And I'm sure after a year, year and a half, you're probably ecstatic and ready to celebrate. But what comes next? What's uh, Are we going to get anything as far as a continuation of the story? Or are we going to get a totally new story? What does the future look like for you? Okay, so I haven't thought that much about the future because I know that you know this is my big opportunity. And mm-hmm. I just completely focused on this because I know that if this does not go well at all, uh, I will have to, of course, consider it doing as a part-time or you know any other alternative because the truth is I have not had any income in the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't thought very much about it. What I can say is that I would definitely would like to continue develop uh, games and narrative-driven games, but I don't think that uh, it would be something related to this particular IP. So I think that gotcha. Into a Dream is a standalone game by itself. It's a narrative by itself. And I w- I'm not seeing myself at the moment expanding upon it. Although, I mean, we never know the future, but that's my, right. me today It's is how I'm thinking. That makes sense. Are there any other stories that you have in mind that if you say this was a success, that you're ready to kind of start building upon? Or is this something more where you're just taking it as it goes and then depending on whether this is a success or not, then you'll start dreaming up or building up that new story? Well, uh, I I have a lot of ideas and a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. Uh, Mm -hmm. So again, it's nothing very developed, but I already have a lot of of topics that I would like to to address. Uh, So I think that I would... Yeah, instantly start thinking about a new a new story if this goes well. All right. Well, I do hope that it does <laughs> go well for you. Um, before we wrap this up, though, I always like to end these interviews with a question around general advice, especially um, I love hearing this from solo devs because once again, those people, as in yourself, have so much on their plate. So for those listening who might be interested in starting their own solo project or just getting into the game space at all, what tips would you give them for what you've learned so far on Into a Dream? Okay, so first I will start with things that I think that I did right, or at least that I think that helped me to the point that I am going to release my game. And mm-hmm. the main ones was actually in the beginning was how to correctly scope your project and to mm-hmm. make kind of a... I, I did also kind of an initial market analysis, kind of how many ga- how many games do I need to sell to compare myself or to compare my style of game with other games and how did other games fare. So although, I mean, it can vary a lot, I think it helped me uh, ground up to know, uh, to know if it's possible, how should I do, where should I aim? Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, I completely jumped on the, on the scoping part. But for me... I see a lot of devs that completely overscope their their project, and right. I think that they that might go well in some cases, but my intuition says that it's go it not goes that well for the majority of the cases. So you need to before jumping into a project, you need to completely understand what you are good and what you are bad in, mm-hmm. and then scope your project accordingly. Um, 
yeah, it, it's better to do something that is less complex, but then you tie it, everything together much nicer, much nicely than just having a completely monster of a project that you eventually will lose motivation to to continue uh, uh, the the project yeah. itself. As for the negatives uh, or the thing that are you know that I didn't do uh, that well, I can mm-hmm. say that one of the things that I should have done earlier was to uh, get myself in contact with with uh, different with a social media community or some sort of indie game community right. uh, until you know October or November I started in February so for about eight months I was not in contact with basically anyone so I was doing this game by myself and I had no one to talk to uh, other than you know of course my friends and my family but no one regard no one related to this to, to this industry and mm-hmm. uh, it gets extremely lonely right I mean um, sure. it, 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 and also, also from, from from the motivation side, uh, none of the none of the people that are around me are people who work by themselves, uh, so right. they they don't experience the same things that I was experiencing. Like for example, one time, I I, th- I thought I had the the story all wrapped together in my in my mind, but one day I just decided that the ending was not good enough, and so I started mm-hmm. I tried to come up with a different ending, and for three weeks. I just did nothing on my project. I mean, of course, I went out every day and I thought about the ending every day, but nothing mm-hmm. moved. And of course, it's it's extremely hard for someone who had a, a career, had a steady job, then quits his job, and then out of the blue spends, you know, one month of writer's block, which is fairly common, yeah. and, right. and doesn't seem to be doing anything. Um, and I think that when I started joining, in this case, it was a Twitter community, but there's probably a lot of them out there uh, that kind of helped me a lot when I started talking with different people and talking about my issues and listening to other people's problems. I think that, that, that helped me a lot. And to, to finalize, I would say, you know, market as soon as you can. Uh, I also st- started it way too late with, with the marketing. I should have started much, much sooner because at least in my case, it's something that I am bad at, very bad at, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you should try and yeah, as soon as you can show show your name and show the game's name as early as as possible is one of the good advices that I would have to to give. All right, I think that makes total sense. I think those are all some great tips for those listening. Into a Dream is set to release July 30th, which if you're listening to the day that this actually dropped, that means tomorrow you'll be able to check it out. But once again, Philippe, thank you so much for coming on today. Best of luck with the game release. I really hope that this goes well because this has a super cool idea. I want to see more of it. And then I want to know more of the stories that are inside your head. Thank you so much. And I hope that all goes well with IndiePod as well. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Me too. Of course. (laughs) Take care. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.